But it's time that I can't use Rosemary on the door In time that I can't use It seems like safe. It's time for the next episode of Best Buds here at 980 WCAP. The program that's here to educate and inform you about marijuana. I can't use and its associated products. I'm Gary Francis, and we're being joined uh, again this week by Wes Ritchie and Teray Turnbull, and they are the uh, CEOs of Treehouse Craft Cannabis, 61 Silver Lane, second floor in Drakeit. For more information, you can visit treehousema.com on the web, or you can call them at 978-971-0420. But it's even more fun to go out and just check it out at the end of uh, Silver Lane, right off Broadway in Drakeit. All right, gentlemen, welcome to episode number two. It's good to be back. It's good to have you here. Thank you, Gary. How was your week in between uh, shows? Long. <laughs> it was a long week. You know, we did so much. We thought about so much. That's right. Good conversations, the whole thing. Excellent. Honestly, Excellent. it feels like I was just here. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Why don't we talk this week about some of the basics of cannabis? Uh, last week, we talked about uh, how you got involved with it and how the company got started. And by the way, I understand you have more locations coming on board, hopefully very soon. Yeah, yeah. so our, we're in construction in Pepperell, Massachusetts, uh-huh. you know, just a few communities over still. And then Groton is our next one. Uh-huh. So we're really excited. We'll... You know, hopefully, but before the holidays, we'll be open in Pepperell. Excellent. Good to hear. Good to hear. So I would, you know, I think part of the origin story about these products, I think, could be also framed by how we got here. You okay. Know, how the state got here. You know, so, you know, what happened initially is that there was a ballot question that made it legal for medicinal use. And so once those stores started opening for, for treatment for people with ailments uh-huh. and, you know, the, the state didn't sink into the ocean, um, <laughs> there was the appetite for another ballot question to for adult use. Sure. And so when that passed in 2016, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that's right. Um, it was a very interesting ballot question in the history of Massachusetts. It's the first time a ballot question didn't equally address everybody the same. So what happened was is if your community voted 50% or higher, uh-huh. you were eligible to participate in the, in the industry. If you were 49 down, you were automatically banned. Like Chelmsford, for example. Exactly. Okay. And so then it was up to the municipalities if they wanted to lift their ban and join the industry. But it meant that over 60% of the communities were already Banned. Ah. And so then to further limit the industry, it, they figured out how many how many dispensaries are each community going to get? Like, mm-hmm. how would we figure this out? You know, what is the right number? So what they did is they looked at how many liquor licenses were in that That's community. That's what I was going to mention, yeah. Yeah. So, like, here in Drakeit, they get four. In Pepperell, they get two. Um, and then, like, in Groton, they lifted the ban. So it's how many the market will support. Oh, really? So it created a limited license market uh-huh. that there will only be so many uh, dispensaries, unlike, you know, Colorado that just said, you know, here you go. Sure. So it's it's created a different space. So I think a little bit about how we got here and what the industry is is kind of starts to frame it. I love that too. It's really it it really has these different. Terry's totally right. It's like there some communities opt in, some communi- communities opt out. Uh huh. Yeah. 
I see. Now, let's say a community like Jumpsford, where I live, let's say they decided that they wanted to give it a shot and, uh, and lift the bans. How do they go about doing that? Is that through town meeting? Is that through a private vote in an election? Or Yeah, every town's a little different. But ah. you, you, usually in this case with marijuana, it's referendum. Because, the referendum. Ballot me- because it originally passed the way Terry talked about, where it's if you voted yes, it requires then you can have it. And if you voted no, you can't. Right. Uh, the law makes uh, means that people have to weigh in again, basically, to say, do we want it or do we not? And uh-huh. so some can do it through town meeting, but it depends locally. You know Massachusetts. It's like oh, 351 yeah. sets of rules. Exactly. And uh, that's how we do zoning. Have any towns reversed themselves on it yet? A couple have. So Groton definitely has, uh-huh. you know, and that's why we decided to go. It's part of why we decided to go there. We love the area anyway. Uh-huh. Um, but Groton came off. And it's interesting, you know, there's a lot if you if you're one of the few municipalities that's come off a ban what we've noticed is that you tend to be really ready for it you know uh-huh. you see you see that um the sky hasn't fallen right basically what the towns who've opted in are getting is more tax revenue more sure. jobs um and so there's a lot more eagerness so i'll say you know when when Drake and Pepperell were learning about how to do this, in the case of Groton, they were like, come on in, come on in, when yeah. can you get going? And so it's really, the market has matured since the first store opened around Thanksgiving of 2018. Oh, but still okay. the wild, wild west. Oh, it's, sure. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Still the wild, wild west. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's why you have your six shooters with you, right? Uh, 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 yes. <laughs> and your cowboy hats. hundred percent. That's what I'm wearing. I gotcha. All right. How do you go about uh, choosing the products you're going to carry? Yeah. So, you know, in our case, we made a commitment earlier. So it took us about two and a half years to get started. You know, Terry and I thought, sure. that, like we said last week, Terry and I said, oh, we'll open in six months. No problem. What we learned along the way in our first, the per- first person we asked to join our team was someone who was focused on building relationships with existing cannabis cultivators and cannabis producers in Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Because if you think about whether it's liquor or other industries, there was no established distribution system in Massachusetts. So right. what we decided to do was start visiting farms and visiting these places years ago to see uh-huh. sort of what is your methodology? What is your story? Are you sort of a craft guy? Are you sort of a bigger folk? Mm-hmm. And we have we have cannabis across the spectrum, but we really wanted to focus on variety and um, and also the sort of origin story of like small family businesses, uh-huh. craft cultivators, and especially in our case, outdoor flower. Now, the people who are making, say, your gumdrops and your uh, taffies and your chews and your chocolates. Are these people who were in the food business before that, or did they strictly get into it for the cannabis end of it? It's such a good question. You know, people come from all over. It's like a refuge industry where Uh people are saying, oh, I'm going to come out of corporate finance, or I'm going to come out of politics, I'm going to come out of fine dining. Um, It really is a lot of different people with a lot of different skills. So one of the things that we have is we work with this company called Freshly Baked. They're out of Taunton, Massachusetts, and they're two um, service veterans who were fighting and they're very open about their own PTSD. Uh-huh. And they got into gummy making as a result of that. They wanted to find something that worked for themselves. Um, and so really they've created this veteran-owned company that has that produces some of the – we carry all their gummies. They're like among our most popular. They're so delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's companies like that and their sort of stories, I would say, that we're focused on. Uh-huh. Haley's Bud here and, and drank it. I think it's also a great story. You know, it's father-son, and, uh, you know, father 
was, you know, in the traditional black market, served some time, mm-hmm. became eligible as a, uh, you know, a, a social equity candidate. And then his son committed, you know, everything they had. And now they're they're off, off and away doing a grow just down the street here in Drake. And their product is amazing. Now, when they're growing, are they growing outdoors under the sky or are they in greenhouses or how does that all work? So I would say that the outdoor grow industry of Massachusetts is just getting going. Like I would say that there, we have, you know, been participating in, in the outdoor grow for a while, but mm-hmm. um, what would you say? So there's like under, under 10 outdoor grows. I just heard the other day, and that's what I thought too, but I just heard it was 16. So there's oh. 16 outdoor grows, okay. um, but it's not, not very many. It's not very many. And it really is. It's interesting. In the case of Bailey's Buds, like Terry was just saying, um, they ran that the owner had run a sort of underground. Uh, I guess that would now be called illegal grow um, for many years. Black market, black market. Yeah, there that's what it is. Uh, and you know, he became an expert at indoor cannabis cultivation. Uh huh. Um, the grow you know, lights and the yeah. irrigation inside totally, totally and everything. Okay. Law. But now that it's legal, he produces some of the best quality product in the way he knows how to, uh-huh. which is indoor. But you know, we have. I would say most of the cannabis grown in Massachusetts is indoor, but we uh-huh. really focused on bringing in outdoor, especially outdoor pre-rolls for people to try, because I think there's nothing quite like sun-grown and soil. Oh, sure. Yeah. Now, the way the licensing works, you guys can't grow anything yourself, right? Well, it's an interesting question. And so we um, we are in the – we have a license and uh, for growing, too. It's a whole other thing. So oh, have, really? Yeah. So just to tell you a little bit about that, we are one of the 16 out- or outdoor grows that is operational. We have a farm in Coleraine, uh, Massachusetts, and actually – Coleraine? Coleraine. You've never Where heard is of Coleraine? That? Where is no. that? <laughs> Coleraine is one town past Greenfield. Um, oh, it's out in the it's, middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Like, uh, otherwise known as gorgeous. It is gorgeous, ah. but it's uh, it's a little ways away, and so we actually have our first harvest coming up. And oh, really, yeah. And so yeah. now, I would assume when you're growing outdoors like that, you have to have some security around there. So yeah, back to the regs. You know, it's super interesting. You know, so as I was describing when the ballot question passed, there's also further limitations. So as our company is you know, looking to open Pepperell shortly and uh-huh. then Groton after, that's our max. We can only have three stores. Right. And so then we're also limited to how much grow space we can have of 100,000 uh, square feet. And 100, so that's either indoor or About two and a half acres. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we're looking at in, in, in out on our, our farm in Colerain. Uh-huh. Interesting. You got some nice land outside here. <laughs> uh, we, we we wish we're not quite there in the regs where we can just throw in some seeds in the ground oh okay uh, but yeah we have a huge you know we have a, a really sophisticated security system in Colerain. you know it's uh-huh. all fenced in camera monitored um motion censored yeah people walking around day and night or no 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 it's, it's not. electronic no, it's, okay yeah it's electronic it's electronic but someone lives on site too so oh okay yeah okay. so it's uh but anyway it's just it's gorgeous and we're excited to start cycling that product into our own oh i'm uh, sure yeah yeah in some time hopefully around christmas but we'll keep you posted excellent now i know there's many different strains of flour can you do something like maybe take a, a peppermint and make a peppermint flour yes so there's all sorts of things. It's really interesting. It sounds so Christmassy. <laughs> We're just getting in the season. Um, you know, there's so many different things. There are lots of strains, and there's really a, 
a ton of people who are cultivators with immense experience and immense expertise, both in Massachusetts and across the country. Uh And so some of these strains are really, you know, years and years and years developed to have, to smell like oranges, to smell like, um, like blueberries, to have Ah. certain effects, you know, guaranteed to put you to sleep, guaranteed to, to keep you active. And so there's really so much technical, science really behind science, agricultural science and expertise behind uh-huh. uh, the industry now what is your favorite way of consumption okay by my favorite way by a mile is the beverages so really yeah so i i um well i will say that <laughs> um you know smoking cannabis tra- traditionally that's what got me through law school yeah. but i think that right now what i really like is the beverages they are really chill you know there's a lot of different variety you consume them like you consume alcohol um, but you don't get hung over. Um, oh. You know, when you think about like the consumption and kind of like how precise it is, um, people really like vapes because the, we have rechargeable vapes and disposable vapes. Uh-huh. They're kind of in, innocuous. You can kind of yeah. have one in your pocket. doesn't really make a lot of odor. Right. And it's the most precise dosage. Whereas I like gummies which is the most sloppy, but not sloppy, but uncontrolled. I would say like, yeah, like with, with the gummy, you have to wait longer and, and the amount of uh, effect can change, you know, how much you've eaten that day, you know, how, how tired you are. Sure. So I, I personally think that the gummies are kind of more fun, but if you were looking for something that's more controlled, wouldn't you say that that's right, Wes? I think that's right. I think that's right. With the specific, with the only difference being around, um, you know, we do have some sleep gummies that are very much supposed to sort of indica flower base that uh-huh. are supposed to mellow you out. Uh, and we hear from customers and ourselves too that they, they do, they work. Um, but Terry's right. Everyone metabolizes differently. And so there's a little bit mm. of, you know, coming in, there's nothing really beats the coming in, talking to a bud tender sure. and talking through exactly your situation because uh. sometimes you're going to want to take half of an edible to start just to make sure, sure. your body, you know, you, it gives you the effect you want. So, so a person, for example, who wakes up three or four times during the night, there's probably something out there that would make them sleep a little better all night long. Absolutely. Yeah. Three or four options that we oh, have. In that I think okay. are, yeah. We'll have to talk about that afterwards. <laughs> yeah. From like mints to fast acting, um, almost pills that you take, you uh-huh. know, there's a lot of different options that really help people. Uh, fall asleep and stay asleep. Now, what is the difference between the selections that you have here and one of the medicinal dispensaries would have? So this back to the regs. Um, you know, when the regs were hit, uh, started back to for medicinal um, and also treating some serious ailments, they raised the dosage. And so that's the biggest difference is that. Okay. Medicinal- Did they have the wide range of uh, different types of products? Some, some do, some don't. Uh-huh. It's really up to the company and when they, when they got into the market and what they value in the market. You know, like we, we stand by our values in the small grows. Um, sure. But it's up to, to each company. Yeah, it's, there is a ton of overlap in the products because if you're a producer in Massachusetts, really all you can sell is your cannabis to the medical stores and to the recreational stores. Right. But I'll tell you, we just started carrying something from this group called ACS. I think it's Alternative Care. Oh, I don't remember the last. It's ACS is what it is, okay. basically. They're a medical. They're primarily a medical provider. And we thought, oh, you know, I don't know how their flower is going to do. We'll try it out. We've sure. heard good things. It has been so well received. Our bud tenders love it. Our customers are really responding to it. We just put in another order. And so there really is 
the, the nice thing about it, if you've been a medical producer, like a lot of the cannabis we carry, you've sort of fine-tuned your craft over a couple harvests and a couple right. production cycles where, you know, if you had a, like, wonky batch uh, along the way, now you're, you're, you're up and going. And so we have some really cool, you know, medically-focused flour. But it, the products are largely overlap. Huh. Now, when you're growing your own, do you then be able to use the seeds from last year's harvest to grow this year, or do you have to go out and acquire new seeds like you have to do with plants and flowers and things like that? That's a funny question. It's actually more, we could do it. We could, no joke, do a 30 minute episode on exactly that question. Really? Yeah. It's so sourcing as a cultivator, sourcing your flower is a little bit of a nebulous zone. So what we, what we will do is we will use our own seeds um, because that is clear that that's what you ought to do in the ranks. And so, but you know, really, if you think about it, if you have to track everything under the Cannabis Control Commission regular no. regulations, there's this sort of implied immaculate conception at the beginning of like, where do these things come from? Where do these original seeds come sure. from? And that's sort of a permissible gray area in the regs for a lot of folks of like, where do you get your first batch? But after that, uh-huh. you kind of rely to your question on your own seeds and your own genetics. So it's not like calling up burpees and ordering <laughs> corn seed this or something. This industry has a long way to go. It is different than that. There's, uh, you know, we, there's, uh, we have some awesome, awesome heirloom strains coming on, uh-huh. but it's going to be, it's a little different. Now, are you allowed to sell seeds for people who want to grow their own? We are, and we do. And oh, so, okay. yeah, we love to support the hobbyist and homegrown market as part of how I came to this industry was, uh-huh. um, I have a, a home grow and I love it. And yeah. well, actually in my other life, uh, in the food business, uh, one of my, uh, production people, my store manager, actually, uh, he's a regular customer of yours, comes out all the time and thinks you're about one of the best stores in Massachusetts that he's been to. And he's been to a lot of them. Thank you. That, that means a lot. We love hearing that, too. You know, we put so much years worth of care into this. And no. really, it's about how customers are treated, too, and responding to the market, responding to the market. Again, the industry is so new, so, so much like the Wild Wild West. You do get to see people's passion, though. And that's uh-huh. what I think... That's when we think about who we carry and how we carry them and how we represent them, we see the passion everywhere in this industry. And like, uh-huh. I, I think that with Wes and I, we're very passionate about doing the best we can and providing the best experience to our customers and best products. Now, out in uh, Colerain, where your, uh, where your grow facility is, uh, will you be doing your own processing out there too? As far as I am, and again, I know. Don't know much about this, but do you have to then separate the seeds from the stalks, from the leaves, et cetera? And will you be doing all that, or are there companies that specifically will do that for you? We will do this all ourselves. Uh It's going to be really fun. And so, like I said, we have our first harvest coming up, um, and we are, you know, we'll be processing it, sorting it, um, sorting out the seeds if there are any. We don't expect very many this year, uh-huh. uh, which is great. But we will then be, you know, making our own pre rolls, making our own flour. Ah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a party. Now, are the pre rolls something that you do by hand, or do you have like a machine to do it? Or yeah, it's every single pre-roll you know if you think about the twist on the top of a pre-roll that uh-huh. is a person's hand oh really yeah and so we'll use a machine to to fill some of them but sure. every single one is like um yeah put together by our team and oftentimes in this case too you're going to have our bud tenders um who are who actually were involved in that process so it's going to be very cool ah. this is the passion and, and gary you can come out and help us <laughs> uh i'm washing my hair that day i think <laughs> now <laughs> now, what about um, 
for the people who are, are interested in seeing the whole process, are you going to shoot video while you're doing it and maybe put it up on your website? Yeah, so it's, I mean, the educational component, I think, is super important to us. And, like, we're happy to give tours of the, the dispensary. And, you know, when it comes to videoing and showing what we do in our coal ranks, nobody, not everybody wants to take the two-and-a-half-hour drive out there. Right. Uh, you know, from drones to just handheld walking around, talking about the plants, you know, trying to give ownership of each plant to its journey. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, too. And so mm-hmm. we... We will. Now, we mentioned in the last episode uh, last week, uh, I mentioned Acapulco Gold, which was considered the finest back in the 1960s. Uh, Are those still around nowadays? Generally, yes. Really? Generally, yes. Yeah, we call them legacy strains. And Uh we have actually made, Turin and I have made a focus on making sure we have those legacy strains. So so if everyone can come in and and have the opportunity to start where you're comfortable. Uh, Uh And that's how a lot of people want it. They're like, I know about this white widow. I know about this, these sort of um, blue strains. Um, But there's also some, we have some great strains too. I think of some of my favorites are, we have a golden papaya strain from Bailey's Buds right now that... Mm -hmm. I guess, I mean, it does smell like papaya. It's like, how do you really? do this? It's bonkers. Uh, but it's, there's so much skill in the industry, too. Ah. And I'm sure it's growing all the time. Absolutely. That's kind of a, a two-sided uh, comment, growing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in the weeds. There you go. There you go. But no, like, a, interesting about the growth of the industry is, you know, this the industry has now paid more in, in taxes than the the liquor industry. I'm sure. Yeah. So it's oh. like, it's, you know, being when the ballot question was passed, it was supposed to be the intent of the law that this industry would be treated like the, the alcohol industry. Right. And there's still huge discrepancies in that space. So it's, it's the education, the stigma, fighting the stigma, right. and making sure that we just have these conversations about the work that everybody's doing. Right. Once again, we're being brought to you by Treehouse Craft Cannabis, located at the number uh, 61 Silva Lane in Draken, up on the second floor. You can go to their website, visit treehousema.com. And, of course, you can certainly stop by here on uh, on Silva because uh, it's, a, it's a great place to come see, uh, to experience uh, the whole dispensary itself, to talk to the bud tenders. Uh, it, nothing scary about it. It's a retail store is what it is, basically. That's right. That's right. And, you know, we really have created a space where you don't feel rushed. You can yeah. do a pre-order, come in, get in, quick out, quick, yep. quick in. But we really also want people to come and take their time, ask the questions you have, and not feel like you're going through some sort of Department of Motor Vehicles-esque uh, experience. <laughs> We've been really intentional about doing things differently. Sure, sure, sure. Anything else you want to tell people as far as basics are concerned? I don't know. I think that, you know, we are just really happy to be a part of the community. We're really happy to be... Um, to be engaged and really sure. and to be here. And so we want people to check us out because like we said in the last episode, we're doing things a little different. No. Now, as we told people in the first episode last week, uh, you definitely have a lot more than just flour. Uh, go through the quick list of everything. Oh my God, we have so many things. The beverages so, you mentioned. So beverages are my personal favorite, but we have flour, we have pre-rolls, we have shake, we have uh, gummies, we have chocolates, uh, we have... Some we have some really exciting, cool stuff. We have salsa, we have ice cream, um, we have vapes, and we have topicals. If you're looking for something like that, yeah, so the topicals, I think it's you know we have uh, CBD, uh, THC, so it has the active ingredient in marijuana, but also um, something that's more soothing that you can rub on 
aching, aching joints. You mm-hmm. know, like we really do have something for everyone. Okay, Wes Ritchie and Tari Trimble, thank you very much for joining us again this week. Once again, a reminder that uh, Best Buds will be heard every Friday at 5.30 here on 980 WCAP. And then the instant replay on Monday nights at 7.05, right after the news. I'm Gary Francis. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Rosemary, don't mind that time that I can't use. I can't use.